Well, in 2012, passengers on a tour bus in Iceland informed their bus driver that one of the tourists was missing. They could not pinpoint the exact time, the last time they saw her. All they knew was she was no longer there. Uh, They were driving through a breathtaking uh, volcanic region in Iceland called Elja. Uh, Here's some pictures of of Elja that we have on the screen. It is absolutely beautiful. Uh, But the rocky terrain, the the rugged cliffs and canyons meant that if someone were to, to wander off on their own, it could be disastrous. So the bus driver had to alert the authorities that someone was missing and the search was on. Uh, Not only were the local police and the Coast Guard involved, but 50 of these tour bus passengers uh, began their search on foot as well. The search started on Saturday afternoon and it ended around 3 a.m. on Sunday morning when one of the women who was in the search party realized, I'm the missing person. Like, you can't make this up. Like, like check out the, the headline from cbsnews.com, uh, if we got that picture. Missing woman finds herself after intense search. Uh, apparently, at one of the previous stops, she went into the restroom with everyone else, but she changed her clothes while in there. And when she got back on the bus, people didn't recognize her as the same woman and reported her missing. When the description was given to the search party, uh, the description was a female, Asian, gave her height, speaks English well, and wearing dark clothing. But she was no longer wearing dark clothing. So it didn't dawn on her that the search was for her. So she joined the search for herself. (laughs) It was literally hours later that she realized we are looking for me. She then told the authorities, which obviously they called off the search. Now, I don't know about you, but if this were me, when I realized we were looking for me, I probably would have snuck back to the bus, put on my old clothing, got behind a rock formation, rubbed dirt all over myself, tear a hole in my shirt, and then walk out like, whoa, guys, oh, whoa. I was lost, but now I'm found. I almost died. Like, thanks for looking for me, but I made it. Let's get on with the tour. (laughs) But she didn't do that because she's a better human being than I am. She told the authorities they called off the search. Now, this is an extreme, but a classic example of just how easy it is to go along with the flow, to to join the crowd in doing something, and maybe you have no idea why (laughs) you're doing it. And listen, if we're not careful in the church and and in Christianity, we can begin to present this incredibly important, highly meaningful, spiritual practice, uh, spiritually powerful practice of baptism in such a way that it leads people to just go along with the crowd, not understanding the why behind what they're doing. One of my fears in the church, not just element church, but in the Christian church, is I believe there are so many people just going with the flow. We have people getting baptized or having their kids get baptized without understanding the why behind what they're doing. They don't know why they're doing it, just following the crowd. That's why as, as, we're, as we were preparing for Baptism Sunday coming up on, on Sunday, March 1st, we thought it would be a great idea to do this, this little two-part mini-series on baptism called Made New. 
And in the series, last week, we talked about what baptism is and what, uh, why we do it, or what baptism is. Today, we're talking about why we should be baptized. If you don't know, by the way, my name is Jeff Manis. I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm thrilled that all of you are here with us today. That includes anybody who might be joining us uh, on video somewhere. Just so glad that you're with us as well. Because this series is so short, next week we're already starting a brand new sermon series uh, that will take us all the way through Easter Sunday. It's called Grave Robber, and I am so, so excited for this series. In the series, we're going to walk through every miracle recorded in the Gospel of John in the New Testament portion of the Bible, and then apply it to what do those miracles mean for us today. Uh, from turning the water into wine to raising the dead, we're going to see in this series how Jesus, the grave robber, is still our life giver today. It's going to be awesome. It's a perfect time for us to invite someone new to church with the invite and information cards on your seats. Please take those with you and pray about who you can invite. If you go to our Instagram or Facebook pages as well, we'll have some digital invites that you can share on there. I'd love to have you do that. Our vision here at Element is to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. And over the course of the next eight weeks, not only is this going to be a great series to attend, but we are going to see just how much impact we can have together when we come together as Christ's body, each one of us doing our part in the church. It's going to be amazing. You are going to be blown away uh, with some of the things we do, I promise. But I need something from you in order to make it happen. We're all going to have to do our part and it's an equal part, okay? Here's what I need from all of us. I need every one of us, every single person represented in your family that attends each week of the series to bring $1 to give. Each person in your family, $1. So don't just give your kids the dollar bills and send them back there. If you have five people in your family, you can bring a $5 bill, whatever. But we're all gonna give $1 a week. And trust me, you don't wanna miss what's gonna happen. It is gonna be absolutely incredible to see the impact you can, you can have with just $1. So how much do you need to bring next week? $1, okay, a dollar for each person in your family that comes with you, and then we'll remind you every week to do that. You might ask, why are we bringing a dollar to church? Well, I can't tell you that today, but I can tell you why we should be baptized. How's that for a transition? Now, that's our big question for today. Our big question is this, why should we be baptized? Why should we be baptized? Pastor Andy last week did an absolutely amazing job teaching on what baptism is and what it represents. I've been a Christian for 40 years. I've been a pastor for over 22 years. I learned some things last week that just blew me away. It was so, so good. Andy took this giant, difficult subject and really made it practical and encouraging and, and uh, educational. It was so good. I know I always tell you if you miss Sunday, get caught up, but I mean it. Like If you missed last week's message, please go online, elementchurch.life, and click the watch uh, button at the top and get caught up to that message. As Andy clearly taught us, Baptism is for those who are Christians. It's for those who, who have, have already put their faith in Jesus. It symbolizes the cleansing that we have, that, that we've been given, cleansing from our sins by faith in Jesus. It symbolizes this covenant that we are making with God by faith in Jesus. But even if you're here today and you are not a Christian, like this sermon and this series still applies to you. It's still for you. While, while my ultimate desire 
is for all of us to put our faith in Jesus, to follow him, to, to get baptized, uh, representing our faith in Christ. That's my desire. Whether you ever believe that, whether you ever do that or not, does not change how we feel about you here. We love you just the same. And today, regardless of where you're at, I want us all to understand baptism a little bit more. Even if you don't agree with it, even if you, you don't go through with it, I want us to understand baptism. Because let's be honest, it's hard to understand. Like, if, especially if you're here and you are unfamiliar with baptism or you don't understand baptism, like, baptism is super weird. It's okay to acknowledge that. It's weird. Like, for those of us who grew up in the church, we've been Christians for a while, like, it literally is no big deal for us to say, oh, yeah, we're getting in a horse trough. It's no big deal. We're going to sit down in the water, and we're going to have somebody hold us and put us under the water and then come back up. Which, by the way, I'm a lot taller in this than Pastor Andy was last week. He looked like a little kid in this thing last week. I, don't, I can't even get down. He's like, hey, guys, how you doing? Um, he must have a short torso or something. In fact, speaking of kids, one of my favorite things in baptism is when we baptize kids and their legs go up in the air like, whoa! It's like a, like a roller coaster or something. But like for, for us in the church who are used to this, this doesn't, we're used to it. But can you imagine coming to church for your very first time on Baptism Sunday and you're like, why are they holding people under the water? Somebody called the police, they're drowning children. Like, we, we, it's, it's okay to acknowledge. It's okay to admit. This is weird. To those who don't understand, it's weird. And we as Christians, we need to be, be able to give freedom and space for people to grow in their understanding of difficult things like baptism. Because I don't want to ever mislead someone to get baptized unless they understand what it means. I don't want you to go with the flow. I want you to understand it and know the meaning behind it and then make the decision to get baptized or, or not get baptized. So why should we be baptized? I think we're going to see some answers in our main scripture today, at least point us to some answers. Matthew 3, 13 through 17 is our, our main scripture. Matthew's the first book in the New Testament portion of the Bible. It's written by Matthew, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. So this is an eyewitness account to the life, ministry, death, resurrection of Jesus. If you don't have a Bible with you, or if you don't own a Bible, all of it will be on the screen, so don't worry. But if you, if you don't own a Bible, please don't leave without one. Uh, we'll get you a Bible out in the lobby. Just ask for one. They're, they're totally free. We're going to read all the verses here from our main scripture, and then look at a couple things that stand out to me. Matthew 3, 13 through 17 says this. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. It's John the Baptist. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. Why are you coming to me? But Jesus said it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. So why should we be baptized? The first one to me seems like to be the most obvious one. It's this, number one, he, it was modeled by Jesus. Baptism was modeled 
by Jesus. Like he did it, right? Jesus came to John the Baptist here and said, I want to be baptized. And John pushed back. He's like, wait, why? You you don't need to be baptized. I'm the one that should be baptized by you. Like you're the Messiah. You're the son of God, God in the flesh. It, It was John who said about Jesus, there is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I'm not even worthy, he said, to untie the straps of his sandals. He must increase. I must decrease. He is the long-awaited king. Why are you getting baptized? But he did it. And we might ask the same question. Why did Jesus get baptized? I believe at the very base level, he was modeling the practice for us. He was showing us what to do. What was the the very first command that Jesus gave his disciples and ultimately us? It's this, follow what? Me. Follow me, Jesus said. I think that statement and command applies to baptism as well. Follow me. Do as I have, have done. And when it comes to baptism, Jesus doesn't mean follow me unless it makes you super uncomfortable and then we'll figure out something else for you to do. He doesn't mean follow me uh, unless you don't want to get your hair wet. Then we'll get you, you know, another way to get baptized. We'll just throw water on your body or something. It's not follow me unless you don't think you look good when wet clothes stick to your body in public and then we'll do something different. It's follow me. Do as I have done, including baptism. So if Jesus who we believe, if you don't know, was God in the flesh. If Jesus submitted himself to the practice of baptism, if he modeled it for us, I think we also, after putting our faith in Jesus and committing ourselves to follow him, we should do as he did. That right there was confirmation for some of you in the room. You've put your faith in Jesus, you've committed yourself to follow him, and you've asked, should I be baptized? Yes. That's your answer. Yes. Why? Because he modeled it for us and then said, follow me. Number two is this. It was the message, ministry, and mission of Jesus. The message, ministry, and mission of Jesus. Buckle up because I'm cramming three points into one. Okay, it could have been a five-point sermon. We have a three-point sermon, but one point has three points. So, whatever. This baptism of Jesus marked the start of his ministry, if you didn't know. If you continue reading in the story, it was after this that Jesus began his official three-year tour of ministry where he would eventually die on a cross, rise from the dead, and ascend into heaven, and then where he sits today at the right hand of, of God the Father. So, so, so he started his ministry here telling John, I need to be baptized. And essentially, if I am doing it, that means my followers should do it as well. So he started his ministry with the uh, message of baptism. He also continued his ministry with the message of baptism, John 4, 1 and 2. Now, in the middle of his ministry, says this, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John, 
Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So Jesus, in his ministry, he, he assigned his disciples to baptize those who were putting their faith in him. So he started his ministry with the message of baptism. He continued his ministry with the message of baptism. And he ended his ministry with the message of baptism, really making this a part of his mission and his mandate for the church, for us to follow. We call it the Great Commission, by the way. It's found in Matthew chapter 28. This was after Jesus had already risen from the dead. He was appearing to his disciples. And this is a part of his last words, part of his final words to the disciples. Ultimately, this was God's command for his church. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Basically, I'm God. So, Therefore, because I'm God, go and make disciples of all the nations. What's the next word? <laughs> Baptizing them. That word bab baptize that we see in all through the New Testament in the Greek language is the Greek word baptizo. It means to immerse, to go fully in the water and come fully out. It's why we go fully in the water and come fully out. The New Testament seems to indicate the doesn't mean that you can't baptize other ways, but we choose to immerse because that's the word used. We believe it's what Jesus did. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, which is why when we baptize in a couple weeks, we're going to uh, kneel behind this tank and we will ask the people in the tank, do you believe in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life? Every time we've done it, they've said yes. That's awesome. And so then we say, we, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Put them in the water, immerse, bring them out. Why? Because Jesus said, baptize them that way, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, including being baptized. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, which is an amazing promise we don't even have time to touch. There's no denying that baptism was a central part of the message, ministry, and mission of Jesus. And now we as his church, we are continuing the practice he started. Actually, we are continuing what he commanded. Baptize those who have put their faith in, in me. Now, because of that, some people ask a very legitimate question. This is a great question. There's nothing wrong with this question. People ask, well... If baptism is such a high priority for Jesus, even seems like he commands baptism, doesn't that mean we have to be baptized to go to heaven? Doesn't that mean we have to be baptized to be saved? Pastor Andy touched on this last week. Personally, I will let you know, I don't believe that you have to be baptized to be saved. I think that goes against the rest of Scripture which clearly teaches we are saved by grace alone through faith alone. God's grace and our faith in that grace. Nowhere will we see you are saved by grace through faith and baptism. Now, we could spend hours on, on the theology of this. We really could. There are great Christian people who love Jesus with all their heart that disagree with me on, on this subject. But let's just think practically for a second, okay? Uh, I'm acknowledging right now, I'm going to use an extreme example to make my point, okay? 
So please don't stop me in the lobby and tell me I used an extreme example. I'm acknowledging I'm using an extreme example to make my point. I don't want an email or I don't want to hear about it in the lobby. I'm telling you up front. It's extreme. If baptism, if baptism is required for salvation, if it is, then what do we do with this guy right here? In February of 2015, the man circled there. His name is Matthew Iarga. Him, along with 20 other men from the country of Chad, were kidnapped and eventually beheaded by ISIS. Online, they actually posted the video. Obviously, we would never show that here. But we know what happened based on what they said in the video. Of the 21 men that were kidnapped, only Matthew did not believe in Jesus prior to their kidnapping. Didn't believe. All of them were lined up on the beach, and, and they were all given the choice to deny Jesus or die. Each of the 20 Christian men chose death over denial. Matthew now, so moved by the faith and commitment of those 20 other men, when the terrorist ordered Matthew to deny Jesus or die, Matthew gave these last words of his life. Their God is my God. And he would die a few moments later. Yes, baptism was the message, the, the ministry, even the mission of Jesus for his church. But Matthew's faith in Jesus saved him, not baptism. Their God is my God. I'm pretty sure that was good enough for Jesus. I don't think he was standing at the entrance of heaven checking baptism certificates. And I, and I know I say that in jest and, and with a little bit of humor, but I mean it. Now, this does not mean that, that a believer should just refuse to be baptized. <laughs> because I, I, I'm pretty certain that if Matthew were willing to lay down his life for Jesus, if he had the opportunity to be baptized, he would have done it. Death was the ultimate act of obedience. Pretty sure baptism he would have done. R.C. Sproul, amazing theologian, gave such helpful words on what is baptism to the Christian? He says this, if you were to ask me, is baptism necessary for the Christian? I would say absolutely. It is not necessary for salvation, but it is necessary for obedience. Because Christ, with no ambiguity, commanded that all of those who belong to him, who are part of the new covenant family, and who receive the benefits of his salvation are to be baptized. So if you are a Christian, you put your faith in Christ, you have committed yourself to follow him, and you refuse to be baptized, you are disobedient, in your disobedience, the Holy Spirit cannot work in your life the way he desires. So is baptism necessary for the Christian? Yes. Is it necessary for salvation? No. But if you're a Christian in the room and you're not baptized, why? Why would be my question. So why should we be baptized? It was modeled by Jesus, which should be enough, by the way. It was also the message, ministry, and mission of Jesus. And now, as believers, it should be our delight to follow him in that practice 
and, and celebrate with those who go public with their faith. And that leads right into the last thing I see here as why we should be baptized. Number three is this. It is the mark of Jesus. It's the mark of Jesus. You see, when, when we put our faith in Jesus, we're, we're not just saying that we agree he is Lord. When we put our faith in Jesus, we are saying that, that now our allegiance is to him alone. I am no longer allegiant to anyone or anything else except the Lord Most High. James, the brother of Jesus, in his letter that we call it James in the Bible, he actually makes this abundantly clear. He says, you believe in one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and they tremble in terror. So belief in Jesus is more than just acknowledging he is Lord. It is an allegiance to him and his ways as expressed in his word. It is an abandonment of my old way of living and an acknowledgement and a commitment to, to follow Jesus in this new way. Salvation, salvation might be the private declaration of that. Baptism is the public declaration of that. Dominic Tennant, lifelong atheist turned Bible scholar when he was radically saved by Jesus, said this, basically summed up baptism in a sentence. Baptism is a public renouncement of one's former enslavement to Satan and the other spiritual rulers of this present darkness and a vow of loyalty and allegiance to the enthroned king, Jesus. Come on. Other religions... And other countries understand this, by the way. This is why in some parts of our world, it's illegal to be baptized as a Christian. They understand it's an allegiance shift. Like here in America, we just, we can't wrap our minds around this theology. And I don't mean this to, to make us all feel guilty. We've been so blessed to live in the freedom that we live in. But the reality is, like, we don't understand that kind of commitment level. Here at Element, when someone gets baptized, they get a, a, a cool T-shirt and a picture and a certificate of their baptism. We put it on social media. We shout. We celebrate. We ring cowbells. Like, we go nuts. We go berserk celebrating these people who've gone public with their faith, and we should do that. It's a big, big deal to make a public announcement. I'm no longer following the world. I'm following King Jesus. But... That, that freedom to celebrate is not always the case, has not always been the case in history. It's not the case today for millions and millions of Christians around the world. In fact, check this picture out. This picture was shared by Voice of the Martyrs. They are a Christian organization that serves persecuted Christians around the world. This picture was taken of a man in Iran. He's being baptized in the bathroom of the home where his secret church meets. Why? They, they, they blacked out his face in the picture because there are certain people in Iran who if they find out he was baptized as a Christian, he'd be killed. And I, I'm going to say something bold. And with that in mind, there are literally people, there are people who say, I don't want to get baptized because my hair gets wet. He could lose his head for getting baptized. It's a big, big deal. 
It's a big deal. This is why the Apostle Paul takes such a strong stand in the book of Romans against us as Christians continuing to pursue sinful lives even after we've been saved and baptized because now there's an allegiance shift. In Romans 6, there were some people in in the church in Rome, they were telling other Christians, we should just keep on sinning more and more and more because the more we sin, the more God pours out his grace and we lift him up. And yes, God is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with abounding love. He pours out grace upon grace upon grace. But but Paul said this in Romans 6, 1 through 4, in response to that, he said, well then, Should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. Pastor Andy told you last week, that some of the early Christian churches, they actually built their baptism tanks in the form of a coffin. Morbid, I know. But is there a better visual reminder of our death with Christ than a coffin? This is why, by the way, we put people under the water. It symbolizes going to the tomb, dying with Christ. And just as Christ was raised from the dead... So we bring them out of the water, symbolizing raised to life. Not life by the water, life by the living water. Jesus, raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Baptism is the public announcement, I'm living a new life. I'm no longer allegiant to anyone or anything. I'm allegiant to the Lord Most High. That phrase, of course not, that Paul used, I want us to never forget it. I don't want us to ever forget it. In the Greek language, Paul was about as emphatic as he could be. Strong language. And I've never heard a better explanation of this than a story Pastor Louis Giglio shared at his church in Atlanta, Georgia, Passion City Church. And so instead of me telling you the story, I wanted you to hear it from Louis. So go ahead and check out this video. I will never forget one of those time stood still moments for me sitting in my New Testament Greek class. And Professor Jack McGorman was teaching and he was one of my heroes in my seminary education. If if he's at the desk and you're the class, I'm sitting right there. And we're in this text, we have our New Testament, uh, our Greek New Testaments open. We're tracking down through the theology of what true faith and true justification really looks like. And he then is asking the question, Paul is asking, should we all just keep going on tolerating sin in our lives, harboring sin in our lives, accommodating sin in our lives, continuing in lifestyles of sin, just so that at the end of the day, it can be all covered by the blood of Jesus and more glory can come to God. And then he reads this phrase, In some translations, it says, God forbid, exclamation point. May it never be, is another way that it says. He reads it in Greek, me genoito. And then he just looked up. 
and he just caught eyes with everyone in the class, this gentle, elderly gentleman who when, when, when he would read the New Testament most days, there would be tears in his eyes, but on this day, there was fire in his eyes. And he said, how do we translate meganoito into English? He said, forgive me, class, but the best way into our culture would be to say, hell no. And he wasn't a cursing man. He was just saying, that's the closest you can get to where we can really feel what Paul is trying to get across right here. Should we just all continue in sinful lifestyles so the grace of God can just be championed over our lives? Hell no. Why? Because we were baptized into his death, therefore raised up through his life that we might live a new life. And this is the gospel that Paul is preaching. So why should we be baptized? It was, the, it was modeled by Jesus. Did it for him. He modeled it. It was the message, ministry, and mission of Jesus. And it is the mark of Jesus that, that just like my wedding ring, my wedding ring doesn't make me married. It's a sign of my marriage. It symbolizes publicly I am not available to anyone else. Baptism is the symbol, a public symbol. I am no longer available to anyone or anything else, I am allegiant to the Lord Most High. Now, does that mean that, that, that we will never ever sin again or that we're gonna be, gonna be perfect to get, to get baptized? No. It, it just means that now that pursuit of a sinful lifestyle is not the central focus of my life. That because I've been saved and because I've been baptized, the central focus of my life is allegiance to the Lord Jesus. And when I fall into sin, I quickly repent and confess and I get back up and by the power of Jesus, I keep living a new life. That when I look at what Jesus has done for me, what Jesus has done on the cross, that, that whatever is in my hands that is not Christ-like, how could I put my faith in Jesus, be baptized, look at the cross, and then hold in my hands and say, no, nope, I think I want to keep it. No, it's Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want, it's yours. I am not allegiant to anyone or anything but you. Lord, take it. Like, I want to want it. For some of us in the room who have been baptized, this message should cause you to repent and turn back to God because you have put your faith in him, you've been baptized, but you have just lived it up in sinful living. Lord, I repent. I'm sorry. Forgive me should be your response. I've been baptized with you and raised to new life. How could I go back? For those of you who want to be baptized, this message should cause you to pause and reflect on the seriousness of what this means. I hope we have a ton of people next week baptized. If you want to get baptized, we'd love to be a part of the, that part of your faith story. 
Tomorrow's the last day to sign up. So sign up out at the Next Steps wall, sign up on our church website, but do it with fear and trembling. It is, it is not something to just be like, oh, cool, free t-shirt, I'm gonna get baptized. No, this is, oh, cool, Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. I'm, a, I'm, I'm allegiant to him. No matter what happens, chop off my head, I don't care. I'm following Jesus in his way. If you're, if you're ready for that, that level of commitment, baptism's for you. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Sign up today, right up there at the Next Steps wall. I love you guys so much. I came at you hard today, but you always receive it so well. Let me pray for you, and then we got just two quick closing remarks. If you'd stay seated and still, that would be awesome. Lord, thanks so much for modeling this for us. You don't leave us in the dark. You tell us not only what we should do, but why. And Lord, I pray that my words helped us understand baptism just a little bit better today. For those who need to take that step, give them courage and boldness to do it. God, we love you and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.